Welcome to the I'm Spiritual <laughs> podcast. My name is Matt Stewart. I'm a transformational coach, and it is my mission to bring purpose to the purposeless. This podcast is for gaining insights into the deeper layers of our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies to unlock our inner potential and allow for healing. Let's deep dive down the rabbit hole of self-development and spirituality to get a no-bullshit look at what works and what doesn't work. With me today, I have the wonderful and illustrious Hannah Dupler. Dupler? Dupler? Dupler. Dupler. <laughs> I love to butcher the guest's name. It's, it's going to be part of my shtick. How are you doing today, Hannah? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, very excited for you to be here. I'm very excited to learn more about your hero's journey. I think your story, from the little I know about it, is going to help a lot of women. It's going to help a lot of people. And it's already helped me. Just a little we've oh. connected and touched base. It's been... You've been really helpful with a lot of things. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Yeah, of course. What is something people misunderstand about you? I think people misunderstand. I think it's related to kind of the perception that I put out. Um, I think people think that things come pretty easily to me um, or that I kind of have things together. Um, things on the outside look look fine. Um, have a college education, have a decent job and a house, and I'm like, pretty reserved um, around people I don't know. Um, but that is more kind of like a protective shell for me. Um, people that know me know that I have a lot of like anxiety and self-doubt. And uh, I use kind of like my, like some perfectionism um, things to really to, to cover that up um, and keep myself safe. So there's actually there's a lot more a lot more underneath than than I than I show on the surface. I think. Thank you for sharing that vulnerability. I love what you say about the the inner world versus the external world, what we project yeah. and what we have inside and the feelings. Because a lot of us, you don't know what's going on when you see somebody. Right. And I guess it goes back to that old saying of "Don't judge a book by its cover." Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And it's funny you said that you have a lot of anxiety and reservations and all these things because you just without a doubt you just hopped on this i asked you if you wanted to come on here and do an interview and be coached and you you jumped at that chance so that takes a lot of courage thanks yeah trying you know i'm working through it <laughs> absolutely i love yeah. that i appreciate that so give yourself a pat on the back yes if you can't see this you can't hear this she just patted herself on the back <laughs> <laughs> So what does hero's journey mean to you when you hear that? Well, I guess I think of that more of like if I were writing a story or of like, you know, for some reason I think of Mulan, um, the movie Mulan, um, <laughs> and kind of like her like hero's journey and like what she was like, like before. And she was kind of like misunderstood and trying to like fit into this little box of like the geisha and then she's like goes to war for her father etc um and then she just continues to like find herself on that path um and really come into herself defying societal expectations yes and letting go of rules i love that word have i told you about rules no it stands for bullshit rules i love that <laughs> yeah. yes it's short sweet and to the point and Rules are really those societal conditionings that tell us that we should and should do something. Like Mulan there. She was a geisha. That was what her lot was. And then she decided to go be a warrior. 
Right. And that's that's the purpose of this podcast. We've all have these. It's normalizing the hero's journey because each and every one of us has walked that hero's journey, whether we know it or not, or whether we give ourselves enough credit for that. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I don't think I know that you've walked that path too. And it might be hard for you to give yourself credit for that, but that's that's why we're here, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, what what was your hero's journey like? Um, what is my hero's journey? Um, I I feel like I have a long journey. <laughs> okay. Um, um, so I really like started. Uh, I started using drugs pretty early um, as a kid, and was like using heroin by 16 got off heroin also at 16 so it was it was like short-lived thank god and then really dove into like wanting to help other people and started like trying to be a nurse and that was i just like focused all of my time and energy in like getting to and through nursing school with that uh, once i became a nurse I almost immediately started drinking like pretty heavily and that just kind of continued to escalate. Uh, I got married in 2019 and um, found out a week after I got back from my honeymoon, uh, found my husband uh, overdosed and unconscious on the bathroom floor and um, called EMS, et cetera, did all of that. Um, and that was when my drinking really became, um, like it was, it wasn't fun anymore and it wasn't, it was always just to escape. Um, now, like I definitely continue, like I definitely used alcohol to escape before that, but after that time, it was just like, I really just didn't want to be alive. Um, I felt like, uh, I blamed myself, um, for what happened, um, and yeah, so um, COVID happened in 2020 um, and I got to work from home, uh, which only escalated the drinking further. And I was, I was just, mis I was miserable all of the time. And I like tried to like, oh, just I'll go to therapy and it'll be fine. Like I am, I'm a nurse and I've also like, oh, I already like, I quit heroin. So like I can quit alcohol, right? Like I, I don't need anything else uh, was really like the mindset that I had. Um, and she wasn't true. <laughs> uh, I couldn't, I couldn't do it by myself. Um, no matter how hard I wanted to, I really couldn't. And started going to I went to this like Ashtanga free recovery class uh, I didn't really know what it was but it was free and I was like well maybe maybe this will get me sober right so I went and I like I really liked it I took like the intro class they had like the next month and really started like diving into that and like so with with that so I started really getting into that community um, at the yoga studio and there were a lot of people there who were in recovery from drugs and alcohol. They were really cool. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, 
maybe I can like stop drinking and kind of do this thing. Like these, these people are doing it and they were working like 12 step programs or some of them weren't, but everyone just kind of like had their own path, but they were all like, they're supporting each other. And that was really intriguing to me. Um, And I, I wanted that really bad. Um, Wanted to be like happy, like they were. Um, And so I had tried like a couple AA meetings. I asked my yoga teacher to be my sponsor um, and started working with her um, really like on the 12 steps. Um, And she really not only just like focused on an AA big book or like what it, what that was, she really had me like do more like self-reflection and look at like my kind of like codependence, um, with my husband who I was still, still married to at the time. Um, and what, like with that kind of reflection, I was able to kind of saw that like, I had no idea who the fuck I was at all. I was Hannah, the addict at 16. And I was Hannah, the nurse or the wife. Um, but I, I couldn't tell you anything else about myself. I couldn't tell you what I liked to do. I liked to drink. I thought that was all I knew. Um, like I, I like to get fucked up. And that, <laughs> I can relate it. to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I didn't really know. Like, I didn't know anything about myself and didn't even like have the like self worth that like I was even allowed to have interests or different like dimensions of myself outside of a job and um like a stereotypical like marital role and so with her and I think with like the yoga practice and that community um I really started just like finding out who I was um and really started trying to get like some self-worth um that I never really had in the first place and that was really special. Um, so that was like, was a big, a big change for me. Um, and I am, um, I am a year sober today. Nice. Uh, yes. Thank you. Um, I, like today, today? No, it was oh. um, August 31st. So I'm almost, almost 13 months actually. Cool. That's awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Um, Very proud. Really, thank you. Really, I'm proud of myself Um, and have been through a divorce um, through all that. Um, And uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm happy now. Like, I mean, things aren't, things aren't perfect. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, Things aren't perfect. Like, and I'm still, I still have lots of like work that I do um, on myself and um, things I continue to work through, but getting sober was like the number one uh, game changer for me and figuring out that I am worthy of having like likes and desires and interests of my own um, and not just like people pleasing all the time. Let's take a minute to really absorb and breathe into everything. Cause that was a lot. That was, thank you for sharing that vulnerability story. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for holding space. 
It's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I really, what you said is, it's inspiring, to be honest with you. Like that, and I can see sort of the, the parallels between the, the Mulan hero's journey you talked about at the beginning, you know, kind of defining those societal roles, where for you it sounded like it was more about those roles that were, that you identified with as the wife, as the nurse, and then realizing that underneath that all, there's a human being, a multidimensional human being who is beautiful and who is fucked up, and that's what makes her so special. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Of the course of that, did you ever really notice your sort of victim mindset? Did that ever pop up to you? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, things were happening to me. You know, like I felt like when my husband overdosed, like I felt like, how is this happening to me? Like I, my life is crumbling. Everything is just awful. And even like with like consequences of my own drinking of, um, you know, like my husband and I would also, we would fight over my alcoholism. Um, you know, like I, I am the victim here. You fucked me up. This is <laughs> your fault. Um, wow. You know, and that's. He would say that, that to you? Or you would say that to him? No, I would say that to him. So, I mean, it was mm. more like, I'm drinking because you overdosed and I still can't get over it. And you're still uh. fucked up and won't deal with yourself. So, this is how I'm dealing with things. And it's your fault, not mine. Um, yeah, very much. I was the victim. And how did it feel to step out of that? Very empowering. And to no longer be things are happening to me, but things are just happening, you know, and that's just things just happen. You can't, can't control the whole entire world. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not in control of other people. I'm only in control of how I respond. And in some sort of way, that gave me a sense of control. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it was like accepting that like, I can't, I don't have anything. I can't control anything around me. I can't control any of these people, anything they do, anything they think. It's not my business, but I can control how I respond and how I feel. That felt, I don't know. It gives me like some kind of sense of security, um, being able to like let those things go and find some acceptance there's a lot of freedom when you do that too right yeah it's you have that sense of control you keep clawing at because i've been there it's like i gotta i gotta the only way to describe it is like a vice grip on the world you know you're just like nope i got yeah. this nothing's gonna happen to me you're holding on for dear life meanwhile everything's happening regardless of that perception yeah. and once you find that that freedom in that space you can start to assign and interpret and and really study analyze and learn from the situations that i've gone through instead of being in it where it's like oh this is happening to me asking yourself like what is there to learn from this why is this presenting itself for me yep. and that's where the real power comes from what other healing modalities have you discovered besides ashtanga that's really helped you tell me about ashtanga because you also teach yes. you're a yoga teacher you skipped that <laughs> part of your story you silly yeah. goose <laughs> uh, yeah, so about one, so I like dove deep into the practice. Um, I 
progressed pretty quickly, um, which I am like genetically pretty gifted. Um, I'm like just like naturally pretty flexible. Um, so I was able to progress and um, I just, I love the way the practice really reflected like life and like things I was working on off the mat were things that would come up on the mat and I could really like work through those things. Um, was also really the first, like Ashtanga tricked me into liking meditation. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, because really? I was before yoga, I was like, oh, yeah, like, don't tell me to meditate. Don't tell me to do breath work. Don't tell me to do any of this shit. Like, it's all <laughs> not none of this woo woo stuff. Like, give me some Xanax if you want me to calm down. Uh, was <laughs> where I was at. Um, but with the practice, it's the same series of postures every time. So it's not like uh, like a lot of Western um, yoga, like the teacher makes up a sequence and the teacher like teaches whatever sequence they're going to teach that day um, to the class. Um, in Ashtanga, it is, you do the same sequence every time you go in. Um, so you know, like, you know what you're going to do, you know how long you're going to hold the posture and it's the same but it's different every day somehow and so once you like get the sequence remembered then it becomes a moving meditation and so that mm. is where they tricked me into liking the meditation um and i really i feel like my nervous system was probably like not ready for some of the other meditations that i would try to do like i no, I was not going to be able to sit in myself for 30 minutes uh, and just like, nope, not going to be alone with my brain for 30 <laughs> minutes. For a bad idea for Hannah. Um, yeah, Ashtanga, there's also, there's no music. Um, it's only like you're only just listening to your breath. So I was able to like start out like sh with shorter, like the practice is shorter when you first start um, and then it progressively gets longer. And so I was like able to start out with like a little bit of time in my own head by myself and then like progressively get a little bit, get a little bit more comfortable with that. Um, so it really taught me how to, that I am safe um, with my own thoughts. Like I'm not, you know, nothing's going to happen, you know, because I think, I think like as an addict also, it's like, that's one of the things that I, I mean, that's definitely one of the reasons I would use was because I didn't want to think about whatever. I didn't want to be alone with my own thoughts. Just make make it go away. Make it go away. Um, one hundred percent. And I I forget what the what my point was, but um, yeah, I really the meditation has been uh, a huge a huge part of my my recovery and my journey. It's beautiful. I love what you said about tricking your body <laughs> tricking you into the meditation because you really nailed it on the head sometimes a 30 minute meditation practice especially as a beginner that's a lot of time to be alone with their thoughts and especially for someone in recovery like both you and i had, i was like there's a yeah. lot of demons floating yeah. around in that head <laughs> potentially for whatever level of recovery you're at there can be a lot of things that come up so that's why like meditation is itself i don't know where it got this you know, conceptualizes it has to be a seated practice. But meditation is literally just concentrating on one thing at the exclusion of a lot of others, whether it's breath work, whether it's just listening to things, whether it's moving, 
or they're, you know, runner's high. That's a meditative mm-hmm. practice. So I'm really glad you were able to find that with Ashtanga. Yeah, thanks. And it's fun to say Ashtanga. Ashtanga. Yeah. <laughs> what does it actually mean? Um, it means eight limbs. Um, so there's eight limbs in yoga. And what are the eight limbs? I'm curious. I can't conceptualize it. The eight limbs are asana is one of them. Ahimsa, which is non-harming. Satya, truthfulness. Asteya, non-stealing. Abstinence. Apragara, uh, Satya, cleanliness. Santosha. Um, tapas. Tapas. Yeah, tapas. Tapas. Which is like heat. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's like, there, yeah, so like the asana or like the movement, like the poses is only one limb of yoga. So it's only like one piece. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You said yeah. eight limbs to start off with. I was trying to count them up. I was counting my, my arm, my legs. That's Your only arm, four. <laughs> Um, sorry, so let me go over, I'll go over the eight limbs. So the, the first limb is yama. Um, the second one is nayamas, which is like self-discipline. Um, the third one is asana, which is like the physical practice. Um, fourth is pranayama, which is the breath. Um, pratyahara, um, which is like the withdrawal of senses. Hmm. Dara Darana, which is like concentration. Some, let's see. Seventh one is Dana Dayana. I can't say these Sanskrit words. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, and Samadhi, which is like the final stage, and that's like ecstasy. I think it's yeah, especially with like Sanskrit words like that. I always think it's better just to just to use the English version because I can't yeah, say half yeah. of them. You can, you can just you can just cut all this part out. Yeah, pranayama I think is pretty much universally known. That one's easy to pranayama pronounce. and asana. <laughs> yeah, asana we got that. Yeah, yamas and nayamas. Those are like the like like the rules, you know, like oh you want to like be clean, you don't want to be a filthy scrub, you know, like <laughs> don't don't tell don't tell lies. Um, those are kind of like yamas and nails. How you interact with like yourself and the outside world. So I don't want no scrubs. Was really was really a spiritual song. It really was. About it. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So outside of um, the Shanga Yoga practice, I um, so like meditation, guided meditation, uh, especially for like sleep. Um, I really struggled with nightmares for a long time and do it like consistently doing guided meditation and like some breath work at night. I have not had nightmares since May Ooh, 20, 2022, which is huge. So that was like a, it was, it was like every night, multiple times a night. So um, I'm like really excited <laughs> and uh, I'm able to sleep now. Um, and yeah, so also breath work, um, some like EFT tapping, I really enjoy. Uh, there was a Reiki practitioner who I was seeing for a while. I really enjoyed that. Um, and uh, massage therapy, if you consider that a healing modality. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. 100%. So, love that. I mean, I'm a massage therapist too. And it's like, it's so funny how so many people don't 
recognize it as a healing modality. A lot of people still think of it as like a luxury mm -hmm. thing. Like, oh, I'm going to the right. spa. And for me, my own healing journey was so accelerated through myofascial release and a sense of touch and body work. So I'm such a proponent of that. I think everybody should get it if they can. How do you use your unique story and everything you've been through to help others? I think letting people know that they're like, they're not alone. Um, so sharing my story, if I like, if that can help like anyone feel like, oh, I'm not just like the only person in the world who feels this way because I did, like, I did feel that way for a long time that like I, everyone else like has it all together and I'm just like this like broken piece of shit and I can't figure it out and everyone else can and that's it's not true and it's just like using my experience and yeah like what things like things that have helped me that people like aren't familiar with if I can like share like tools that I've used with other people um so that they can help themselves um like I'm not I'm not out here to uh, save people I just want people to like learn how to save themselves um because i feel like that's that's what like the practice and um like my recovery has given me thank you for that and that's that it's back to that's that hero's journey you went on empowering people and showing them that they can do it themselves because the you know the aa the ashtanga your sponsor and all that they're not you you're not that they're not that person who walked through that fire that you did and came out on the other side. Mm -hmm. Right. And uplifting and inspiring others to do the same is, it's a powerful gift. Thank you. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it is um, definitely a, a gift that others have shown me. Um, certainly like my yoga teachers um, and mentors have, you know, had their own journeys and came out on the other side and like, watching them gave me hope that oh like maybe this is possible <laughs> thank you for that you're awesome oh. you take a breath okay <sighs> shake it all off Whew. all right are you ready for the coaching portion of our our fun time i'm ready let's play around and see what we can create together hannah how does that sound okay that sounds great awesome What's in a problem or an obstacle you're facing right now you'd like help resolving? I really want to quit nursing um, and just like uh, be a like be a coach and teach yoga. And I am scared. I have a lot of fear that you know I fear that like I won't be able to make money. Fear that I you know I put a lot of time and energy and money uh into like my nursing career and that sucks to like just walk away from it and so i do have like some guilt with that and like so a lot of like self-doubt like are you sure like this is the right thing to do i also worry what people will think you know that it's not like you know like oh i'm like i'm not a therapist um, i don't have like a LISW or I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a doctor. Um, I feel like if I don't have some like certain licensures that people will be like, who the F are you? Like, it's over for a year and you think you're going to save people. And, you know, maybe some of that is like my own self-judgment too. 
Yeah. And I fear like putting myself out there um, and what people who already know me uh, will think. But I do know that, that this is what I want to do. I just need to make it happen. Awesome. So we want to leave nursing. We want to become a coach and teach yoga the same time yep. we're a little worried about what other people would think a little worried about what you think too the internal dialogue and then there's the component about remorse regret of uh leaving the nursing field mm -hmm. time spent with that the effort put into that going through school the the potential debt the, all that stuff yeah do you see any commonalities between the nursing the coaching and the yoga yeah i mean i think they kind of they kind of all go together I like I've always worked in psychiatry, drug and alcohol addiction and nursing. And so it's always really been trying to help people help themselves or heal themselves. And I feel like one has just kind of led to the next, um, like the psychiatry or just like the medical system feels misaligned with me. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of resentment against the American medical system, <laughs> to be honest, uh, which I feel like a lot of us do. I can tell you I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but let's let's think about that. Let's listen to what you just said. You have a lot of issues with the American medical system, and so do a lot of other people's. And who better primed to serve them and to help some of these people than somebody who's been inside of the system? Not only that, but has has used her brain to understand the, that logical component of it. Like the, the understanding of the medical background, the medications and all that. Mm -hmm. And now she's shifted to a more holistic approach because what would you say is what's really missing in medicine you can <laughs> condense that down into like a one to two minute blurb yeah <laughs> um i mean there's no like identifying the root cause it's all just like symptom banded symptom banded um and and there's not just like looking at the entire person and also what the person, like meeting the person where they are, I think is always the key is missed a lot. And I just like, people aren't just like what their symptoms are, you know, like slapping labels on everybody and then giving them a pill is not, it's not going to fix anything. It's just going to keep them coming back for the pill. And it doesn't give them any, doesn't give them any hope, doesn't give them any like empowerment to like make any other changes or do anything different. They're going to do the same thing that's making them sick and just like keep taking the pill. And then I think that's not, it just doesn't feel right to me anymore to like be a part of that. You said the word empowerment. I love that word. And what's interesting is that's, that word is really tied into your own hero's journey and your own story that we touched upon earlier. Mm. What would it be like for you to fully embody that empowerment and share that with the world at large? Let's feel into that. Let's not think. Yeah, I mean, that feels like, feels big, feels brave, um, feels... Pongo agrees. Pongo agrees. He's down for it. <laughs> That's Hannah's dog. Yes. Little buddy. Um, and that feels like aligned with what I want to do. You know, like all, like all I ever really, like I've always wanted to do is just like help people even like like becoming a nurse like I just I became a nurse because I wanted to help people and it's not that I think that that was like a wrong decision or was not you know it wasn't like 
a mistake and it you know taught me so much I've learned so much about myself and like um and others um but it's just not where I'm supposed to be anymore I feel like it was a costume you tried on <laughs> yeah Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think we, we all go around our lives trying on different sorts of costumes, whether it's jobs, identities, whatever, trying to find who we truly are and what, what and why we're here on this planet, what our soul's purpose is, what our mission is, what our passion is. And there's a misconception that if you don't get it right on the first one, you're a failure. Mm -hmm. And that's one of those rules. That's the old paradigm. I don't know about your parents, but my parents... My mother had one job her entire adult life. She was a teacher, same school, right down the road from where my parents still live. She knocked it out of the park, but also she wasn't very happy there. Mm -hmm. The older generation just said, hey, just work. We're going to work. We're going to do nothing but work. That's all we're going to do. Work, work, work. We're not going to vacation. Uh, and then we're going to retire. And once we retire, usually what happens? People's health tank because mm -hmm. they've been running in this stress-fueled fight-or-flight response for the last 30, 40 years. Yeah, absolutely. And now we're learning from them and we're learning from older generations who said that they wish they had more time to spend with their loved one they wish they didn't work so much on their deathbeds they're living leaving these lives full of regret and that's a tragedy but it's also a gift to the people who are really hearing that because it's gaining that deeper perspective and as somebody who's walked that path of fire and has been you know an addict and gone through what you've gone through you've been down there you've been down a condensed journey of that and you know what happens when you live a life that's not aligned with you. And what does a coach do? A coach helps other people help themselves without without the band-aids. Mm. Coaches guide people mm. to that. Right. They don't they don't give them the answers. No. They don't do band-aids. No. Yeah. How does that sit with your body? How's that how's that landing? It feels right. Yeah. It feels, it feels exciting. Hmm. And, and helpful and I've used that word a lot um, it's a beautiful word I like it's coming up a lot and it's something that I haven't felt in my career for a long time felt very burnout and pessimistic um, angry uh, and I don't want to feel that way anymore yeah. you deserve that I do deserve that Thank you. Yeah. absolutely those feelings of burnt out, pessimistic, are those things that you'd like to help others with? Yeah. And like feeling lost. Like that was a big one. That's been a big one. Feeling like I have to start over, you know. Um, do you have to start over? I did. Or, I mean, I, in some way, like I do kind of still feel like that. Like I am kind of starting over, starting over, like in a new career. But I am like, like I'm almost confident in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but like when I got, um, you know, when I was getting divorced, I, you know, I felt like I have to start everything over again. Like I spent all this time and effort into, you know, whatever this, and now, now I've got to start my life over as a, you know single fur mom got a, my dog and my cats and, and a rocket um it's been fucking great by the way um 
There you go. I like there that. Go. Yeah. That was fierce. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's how life should be, right? Yeah. You should yeah. feel that way. Yes. You know, now, I mean, truthfully, we start over literally every day, every minute, every second. There's a chance for a do-over. It's just sometimes we have these overarching costumes or life themes where it's like, oh, you know, a new career and all this. Does it feel like the starting over that you're doing now with obviously the divorce is a hell yeah, but the, the career, does it feel like it's more aligned and something you want to pursue? Yes. Yes, definitely. So confidence wise, how does that feel? Does it feel any different? Com mm, can you repeat the question? So earlier you said that you weren't feeling really confident. You're feeling a little confident, a little more confident mm -hmm. since the start of this call. And now I was just asking to check back in and see how that confidence is feeling. Yeah, I think, you know, like my biggest like things are like what getting people like social media stuff, just like um, small things that I can most definitely get help with and figure out. So, yeah, I do. But like in my ability to like coach people, hold space for people, work with others, that confidence is there. So the confidence of helping is there. Now it's just mm -hmm. more of the logistical side of that. Yeah. Okay. When I've seen your, your, I want to say YouTube, but uh, when I see your IG videos, I don't have TikTok. Mm -hmm. uh, when I see your IG videos, they're great. Oh, thank you. Seems like you're getting a lot of, yeah, you're welcome. Seems like you're getting a lot of uh, engagement on there too. Yeah, it's not, it's not bad actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad to hear you say that. Thanks. Yeah. It's something I've been, something I work on, been working on and I um, let years away from where I was a year ago. For sure. So one thing I noticed though is it's it's all about the yoga component, and that's great. Mm -hmm. What if you took some of that same energy you're bringing and that fire you're bringing, because your videos are awesome, and you moved it towards making offers? You moved it towards sharing your journey from not from the yoga side, but more of the personal experience and development and coaching side. That's what she needs to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she needs to do. Who am I talking to right now? I don't know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my like. Now I got to do it, but I just keep putting it off. Okay, let's talk about yeah. that. Tell me about that. I think I'm scared of rejection. Yeah, I'm scared that people will think it's dumb, or people will think I'm dumb, and that, yeah, that it'll just flop. Well, the internet is rife with shitty people who are going to just tell everyone they're dumb. I mean, there's people who tell Will Smith and you know Brad Pitt and Matthew McConaughey they're dumb in their comments. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> there's always going to be those haters, those trolls out there. We can't do anything about that. Do you want to let those few trolls or those few haters let you dim your light and keep your message from those people who desperately need it? No, I don't. I think I... I fear that, like, I'm, I don't know, it goes back to, like, I'm, like, afraid that I'm, like, not good enough or that I, like, will give someone bad advice or I will say the wrong thing. How do you learn how to say the right thing? Don't say anything. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> has been my go-to. For a long time being afraid of saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing so i will just 
freeze, do nothing, say nothing. That's the block. Have you ever tried shifting your state when you get to that block? Mm. In what way? I mean, in all ways. So let's think about this. If you, you get to that, like, let's say you type out this post or you, you even, before you even have the idea, like I need to post on social media and you hit that first block where it's that fear of rejection or that fear of saying the wrong thing and all that, shifting your awareness inside of yourself into that body momentarily, because I know there's, I can already, I can already feel the resistance. <laughs> <laughs> Momentarily shifting, see, even Pongo's. Pongo don't like it either. <laughs> yeah, he knows what's up. But bringing your awareness into that body, feeling where you feel that energy stuck and moving. Just like we started this call off. What was the first thing I do before I hit record? Shake it all out. Shake everything out. Takes big breaths in. And just feel into that. But notice the difference even between that small little gesture of that. What do you feel? Feel more ease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Less, less like tightness. The only thing you have to really do to be a coach is pay, pay the price. And the price is getting way outside of your comfort zone. That's all that's required to do this job. And at first, you're going to suck. Mm-hmm. Right? The first few posts are going to be awful. <laughs> I remember my first few posts, terrible. Like the first interview I did for this podcast was not my best stuff. I had no idea what I was doing. But if you don't pay that price and you don't go through that, how can you ever grow? How can you ever evolve? Yeah. And if you don't grow and evolve, how can you ever reach that person who desperately needs your your help? I hear that. That makes sense. I like, makes sense. I sucked at, you know, like I, I sucked at teaching yoga, you know, and then just like, yeah, I remember having like suck classes and, and I just like learned from them, learned what not to do next time, you know, that like trial and error, this works, maybe this doesn't work so much, I'm getting comfortable, yeah, I mean, getting comfortable, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable. <sighs> I mean, again, like, you're no stranger to that, you hopped on this podcast. Yeah. Like, this is an hour plus of you being vulnerable this is going to go out to people people are going to hear this yeah. <laughs> so what's what what do you think is the next action step you need to take i feel like i need to like put together what kind of offerings i want to have and be clear on what i what i want to give to people Um, what I'm trying to offer. Perfect. That's a great step, but it's missing that, that part that we're talking about, about going on social media. (laughs) Well, I feel like I am on social media. Yeah, you're right. But I'm just not like on there as a coach. Yeah. So I guess like sharing on my social media that I am graduating from the Dharma Coach Institute. Yeah. I can't believe that's next week. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't believe it though. It's like it's been since April. Yeah. Yeah, wow. It has been since April. That's wild yeah. to think about. It really flew by. Yeah. From the first time we talked. It was so long ago. Yeah, I know. It's wild. I'm like kinda of sad about it too. Sad it's sad it's gonna be over. 
So. Me too. Yeah. You can share some of that because how many people really know that you were going through this? Probably like less than 15. <laughs> <laughs> not very many people. <laughs> That's not a lot. That's not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, um, yeah, I didn't really share it. I haven't shared it with a lot of people. So what would your first post be? I guess that I'm... I'm finishing this coaching program and here are the things that I am going to offer and here's what I can, here's who like my people who who want to help and this is what I can help you do. I love that. So who do you want to help? Um, I want to help other, mostly I feel like I want to help focus on women. Um, I want to help other women who are in recovery or just really feel like lost in themselves and help them discover like their own self-worth and their own the dimensions of themselves um, and connect with that. So working with women in recovery who are lost to gain self-worth, something along those lines. Yeah. And for them to... Yeah, for them to feel like some sense of like purpose and like it's just like security in themselves if that makes sense that makes sense that makes 100 percent sense weirdest thing in the world to say no that makes perfect sense that's a nice tie back to part of your story because i think one of the first things you said was you didn't feel safe inside of your own body yeah and what is that like really think about that like what an awful thing for human beings men and women i think we both feel this i know we both feel this i've felt this feeling safe in your body like that's the last temple at the end the end of the night if you close your eyes and you're not safe in there you're not safe anywhere right and what is that security in yourself what has it shown you what has it given you peace yeah it's given me peace and hope and like a gratitude for life that i didn't have Mm. Helping women in recovery find hope and peace in life. Hope and peace in their body. That's it. That's it? Yeah. Okay, I'll send this back to you. I'll edit this clip up and send it to you so you can use it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So there's that that first offering to the universe saying, hey, I'm Hannah and I'm showing up. She has arrived. Oh, Oh, she has. She's here. Doing a little queen wave. I like that. Queen wave? Yeah. Too soon. Sorry. Too soon. Too soon. That got dark very quick. <laughs> As it should. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep this part in. <laughs> So how are you feeling with what we started this this coaching call with about feeling more confident in the transition from leaving nursing? I actually feel a lot lighter about it. Yeah. It feels less of a like heavy to do than it does like uh, it feels more like an exciting next step. Nice. What's your biggest insight from this call? That I do have I do have the confidence and I do have the ability to make things happen that I 
that I want takes a little bit of digging sometimes. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you did, you did, you did the best thing, and that was showing up vulnerably, and being open, and being willing to go inside of yourself and to receive these questions because it's not always easy to answer a lot of this stuff. It can be triggering. It can be uncomfortable, uh, and to really sit with that. So, be proud of yourself. You did awesome today. Thank you. Thanks for holding space for me. I appreciate it. Anytime, my friend. Anytime. Where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram or TikTok. Uh, Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H dot Ashtanga Yoga. A-S-H-A-N-G-T-A-N-G-A. Yoga. <laughs> I think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a mouthful to spell out. I got confused on that journey. <laughs> Well, Anna, it's been awesome. I really appreciate you being on the show. Hey, I appreciate you having me. Thanks. Thank you so, so much for checking out this podcast. I have a blast every time I hit record on these things. Wherever you found me, please give me a five-star review. Give me a seven-star review if that's a thing. I don't even know. And if you know someone who would find value from anything I said today, please share it with them. Screenshot this and post it on IG in your stories and make sure to tag me with it. You can follow me at underscore I'm Matt Stewart. That's underscore I-M-M-A-T-T-S-T-E-W-A-R-T on the I-G-Z. <laughs> 